0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 68 of the Own The Moment podcast. My name is TJ Lasig. I'm one of the co-founders here at OTM and we are back for another edition of the Owner Owner's Club Strategy Show. Producer Coop hit us with some, some fire there. My goodness, I was not expecting that. Love to see it. And with me as always, first we've got Justin. Justin, how are we doing tonight?
1: Gosh, that was nice. I like it, Coop. I know you were, he was teasing us. He told us there was going to be some kind of new little, 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 little music. Give us a little juju. Ah, I love it. Fire is always
2: Coop. Well done.
0: Well done. And of course, joining us every week for the strategy show, we've got Bach as well. Bach, how are we doing?
2: Man, it was an exciting first week of NFL. Uh, you know, RIP Raheem Mostert um, or or Mostert as Justin says. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, kind of tanked my DFS lineups, and the whole time I'm thinking, if only you would allow me to play TOC, I still would have had a smash San Francisco running back card.
0: There it is—the perfect example right there. Injuries are are not a thing here at the Owners Club, for whom most of can go down, but you can still rack up those points from the rest of the San Francisco running back. So we're gonna dive in tonight, do a, a week, recap of Week One. Congratulations to the winners out there. Uh, and to read off a bye, we'll see you at the live final. Big, big win there. Congrats taking home the inaugural live final seat. So we'll see you in Miami. And then uh, we're gonna get into some week two strategy, talk through the top teams to target for the week. We will go ahead and build our quote unquote, optimal lineup, which woof, ours last week was actually pretty horrible like really actually bad. So we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit too, which uh, just goes to show man, any given week, anything can happen. And yeah, I think our our lineup wouldn't have even cashed, right? It didn't even break a
1: hundred points. Uh, I think it ended up being something around like 98 change and such. And uh, I don't know what cash was, but it was not close. Um, 10-ish. Okay. So yeah,
0: wasn't sniffing. Yeah. <laughs> tough scene. tough scene. We can also talk about, uh, Eh, Maybe we start off with that, talk a little bit about kind of the state of the owner's club, talk about what's going on with the marketplace, you know, been spending some time in the discord. You guys got to talk me off the ledge from all the angry discord mobbers here, because I think having our own marketplace is actually pretty sweet. And people don't even realize how sweet it is. But uh, yeah, made an announcement an hour ago that we're going to be launching our own marketplace here at TOC, people will be able to buy and sell the NFTs directly within our platform. And uh, I mean, Justin, you want to give kind of your your thoughts on why we're heading this direction yeah. so that the people can get a little bit more perspective?
1: Yeah, so I haven't been in the Discord of the past couple hours. i hitting a flight tomorrow, so I spent a little lifetime before the show, but uh, I'm pumped. I'm ecstatic. And uh, I think there's a couple, a lot of positives here. One is around Um, you know, we've been hearing from a lot of the people and as TJ kind of mentioned in previous shows, like there's a lot of people who have joined this, who have loved fantasy football, love football, whatever it is, and this is their first time getting a MetaMask, first time getting a wallet and all that. And OpenSea is just scary, it's cumbersome, it's not great. And uh, people have been asking, I'll say, when are we gonna be able to get our, you know, put a marketplace on here? I don't wanna have to leave the site to go make my purchases. And I think that is a common talking point from a lot of the people who aren't the crypto native, are a bit newer to this space. And when I look at some of the other platforms out there that are really gaming centered, so you have that top shot top shot, everything's on the site there. You have such liquidity because people who are interested in the actual moments, they want to be able to be on the site and make the purchase in site. You look at so rare from the soccer space, same thing. You go to so rare because you want to play the game. When you're playing that game, you want to make your optimal lineup, you want to improve your lineup. So you buy at the marketplace within the game. It's the same thing with TOC. It is a natural evolution. I think it makes complete sense. Plus, we remove the OpenSea fee. We remove any dependence on OpenC, And we're able to create whatever the smoothest UI is. I am ecstatic for it. And I guess the, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the naysayer would just be that if we're not on OpenSea, we're missing out on a market. But I don't really get that because I think there's very few people who are just kind of searching around OpenSea, maybe come across our project and say, hey, I'm going to go spend $600 on this Kansas City picture, not understanding that there's this whole game and utility beyond it. Um, so I think like I- I'm, I'm ecstatic for it. Um, I think the only reason I you know, thought, hey, maybe we should consider at the beginning of the season not doing it is because it was going to take a while and OpenSea we thought was going to be a quicker, easier one to deliver the marketplace. But once we realized there were some initial kind of challenges and hey, the marketplace was actually in play for on TOC sooner than we thought ecstatic i'm 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 pumped i wanted obviously wanted to come as soon as possible but i think this is a a win-win for everyone in
0: the market yeah uh no i mean i'm certainly on on the same uh page here so yeah that's the direction that we're heading we will continue to provide updates as we we get closer and you know people are making up rumors that it's going to take months like whatever You, you can think that if you want we will let you guys know when it is ready And let's uh, let's dive into the action here. So NFL week one in the books, Bach, any kind of key takeaways that you had after the the first week of games here? High level thoughts first, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, kind of high level thoughts without getting into it, right? Like the lineup that we saw win the main event and the lineup we saw win the side hustle and, and kind of the top entries in the main event had to be pretty close to optimal. I think that's like the first high level thought. I think they, they, none of them were the optimal lineup, but they were all pretty close to optimal. So you got to hit on the right cards. That being said, when you actually look at how the scoring happened for the week, there were a ton of positions where the second or third or fourth best scoring cards were completely out of left field. Detroit quarterback, Detroit running back was, I think, the second or the third highest scoring running back card. Um, And so you just have all of these positions. Yeah, Detroit running back was the second highest running back card. And by the way, Houston running back, who nobody would have thought could possibly win anything, was the third highest scoring running back. And they were all like one or two points off Cleveland. So I think, you know, my my overarching takeaway from this week is you got to have a pretty good lineup to win it. But because of the way that the owner's club is structured, right? And because of the fact that you get points from all of the individual, all of the players at that position for the week, you are going to end up with some outcomes that are very different than you might see in the traditional fantasy or daily fantasy space. And people should be excited about that variability because you might not think you have the best cards right now, but there's a ton that can happen every week and go right for you.
1: I like that. I like that. Um, For me... Gosh, we know it's going to happen every year, but the injuries that just always come about and then the lack of just being wrong in what we thought we were confident in. And uh, so when you think about as a, okay, uh, San Francisco wide receivers, we thought Ayuk was going to be maybe they're like, hey, number one wide receiver, and he's buried in the depth chart, not even really starting. Um, Odell Beckham, we thought was going to be very healthy. Now not only did he miss week one, He's not going to miss week two as well. And like, there's, you know, when do we actually start seeing these players? And then obviously all the injuries that we saw. So the Raheem one was obviously horrible. The Jerry Judy one was horrible. Um, Michael Gallup got hurt as well. Like gosh, the injuries, it just stinks. And this isn't a plug for TOC or anything. So obviously it's great that we don't have to worry about that. But I think that's just from uh, me watching the games, you know, it's going to happen you just never really feel it. And then from a strategy wise, what I'll add is um Want to give a nugget to the people who are watching, but uh, I think one way where to be contrarian for the side hustle, where hey, maybe you don't have the lowest serials, so you're concerned that if you're going to play the Arizona QB, Arizona wide receivers, you're not going to have a chance of getting the first because someone else will. Using the QB and the posing team wide receivers still has strong correlation. Because if the opposing team's wide receivers are doing well, your quarterback is also going to be throwing a bunch. And the games that are shootouts are where both of those are going to do well. And uh, I saw very, very few lineups in the side hustle that had that level of correlation from the QB and opposing wide receivers. I think that's something that there is an edge that people can enter in, and we are going to see that is going to win some tournaments in the future. And um, you know, maybe this, saying this is going to increase it by like a small percentage or whatever, but. The stack of the same team QB, same wide receiver, is going to be prevalent. So if you're trying to avoid the tie and you want to beat those and not have to worry about the serials, maybe being a little contrarian and using your QB and opposing team wide receiver, if you have that for the week, uh, I think that's going to be a strong play that we see rises in the leaderboards going forward. Yep, great example right here, deep that I mentioned. Yeah, Tampa Bay QB, Dallas wide receiver. Um, I think Brady, did. so I think Brady maybe barely passed um, Dak for points in like – Based off that example, I like could make sense that that actually would have outscored the Dallas Dallas combo.
2: Yeah, Brady was like two and a half points more. Right.
1: And that's big. That That's when you're only having two cards, that's the difference. So,
0: yep. Yeah, definitely noticed uh, that in the, the side hustle as well. Gonna continue to see those, I imagine. I, I didn't notice too many ties in the, the main yeah, event, though, big, which was kind of what we thought, big. right? We thought that people were kind of overestimating how frequently a tie would happen. It's just, especially when you throw like defense in the play, it's just, there's so much, much randomness. The chance of someone putting in five of the exact same cards is not that likely.
1: And if there's going to be ties, Week one was the kind of week there would have been more ties. Uh, well, I guess, give or take. So two different things here. One is when we saw the Dallas-Tampa game go off, those cards were highly used. So you see the teams that kind of finished at the top, they kind of went with the stack of including the wide receivers from Dallas-Tampa and or the QBs and such. So like it makes sense that there actually would have seen more ties because more people would have been like, hey, I'm locking that in. Now I only need to differentiate between two or three spots. Maybe the other argument is, as there are more cards, as the marketplace opens, people are going to be more easily able to stack, and then the stacks will then see more um, uh, ties going forward. I don't know. I think it goes back and forth, but uh, yeah, feel confident in the main event. There will be some ties, but it's not going to be that many. Side hustle, there will be. Get strategic. Figure out some ways, if your cereals are high, to avoid those ties.
0: Yep one last comment I'll make is that I was watching the Monday night game and then also had our, our good friend, the judge on stream. And when Latavius Murray scored the rushing touchdown, he was like, that's it. I'm only playing own the moment from now on. I can't stand these vultures. So shout out to the judge. He'll actually be joining us on our show next Monday. So, uh, loved hearing that. Alrighty. Let's, let's get into week two here. And Justin, I I think that we've got some double payouts for this week. Is that correct?
1: That is right. That is right. Due to our little snafus, you all benefit. So I don't think anyone, I think we're all happy with that. Let's see what we got. Okay. All right. So for the main event, um, as it says, we are doubling the payouts for this week. Uh, now, what did we not do is we didn't just say, okay, every payout, every place, we're just doubling the prizes. Uh, instead, what we did is we took this 300 that we normally pay out, brought it down to 500. So now significantly more people are going to be in the money from a cash perspective. Uh, we then still only have one to have one person who actually qualifies for the live final, but before second to fifth was getting a thousand, now second to fourth bumps up to 1500. And you'll see if you compare against week one, most of these you know, most of these kind of increased by about 50 percent to, I'd say 50 to 80 um, percent to round it out. But 80,000 dollars in prizes for the main event. we are not releasing any new cards. The drop will not happen before week two. So all those early adopters, in these first three weeks, you got access to 100 I think it's 150,000 I forgot, yeah, 150,000 uh, dollars in those first two weeks with a smaller oh, yeah, population. For, well, if you, I'm saying for prize pools, for prize pools. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. And and the card drop, obviously. Um, But so definitely prioritizing, hey, giving the, you know, early adopters, you've been there from uh, the beginning. We know we've had some hiccups and so I definitely wanted to reward you guys. And so let's go to the side hustle here.
2: Wait, really quickly before we do, just a question. Are all the places on the slide this week?
1: I double checked I didn't triple check so if I'm wrong this one's on me. I'm no, sure it looks the community
2: good. Will tell us.
0: It looks good. We got them all.
1: Good, good, good.
0: But all yeah, right. it's also I saw someone mention it like we we very intentionally I actually don't think we changed first prize at all. It's still the same as it is. It's already relatively top heavy as is with the, with the live final seat. So we wanted to make sure that we spread out payments to more people. And then like Justin said, instead of only 300 people getting in the money, 500, will get there. So, uh, some, some good odds for people that are competing this weekend. Yeah,
1: completely agree. And then when we take a look at the side hustle, uh, we did a pretty similar thing. So before we normally pay out hundred, now we're paying out 200, um, I think first jumped about 50% and you can, do you know, pretty similar across the board. Most things jumped around between that 50, maybe 75, 80% total. Uh, and then we added the extra hundred people. So um, there's going to be a lot of people getting prizes. There's going to be people making a little more than they would have made before. Uh, I mean, hey, double in the prize pool is a lot of money. So um, I'm excited. These will be the largest payouts for the entire season up until the online final. So that's pretty cool for these contests.
0: Make sure you get those lineups ready for this weekend. righty. now since we've got double the prize pools, the people are going to want to know who they should select. So we are going to do our position by position breakdown here, giving you guys the the three top teams to target, as well as a sleeper pick at each position. And then at the end, we're going to go ahead and build our optimal lineup. Hopefully, we can do better than we did this past week. But uh, hey. You never know let's uh let's go ahead. we're gonna start off with the quarterback position.
2: yeah and before we get in just you know kind of setting the stage again so okay. I did see a couple of comments in the uh, in the chat you know the Thursday night game expected to be much less high scoring this <laughs> week. I do think that is a super important thing as Justin touched on like so many positions from the lineup were locked in so uh, with the the total and just like the quarterbacks playing on Thursday night, I think we're gonna have a lot less to lock in there. Um, there's going to be a ton of fun, especially once the marketplace is open and like projecting out that Thursday night and trying to get ahead of it. So, you know, excited for that uh, going forward. Um, losing,
1: losing Fitz magic was one I forgot to mention, but uh, yeah. that, that's sad. I mean, wanted to see what he could do for an entire season with legitimate kind of skilled players. Um,
2: yeah. 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 A good team chance to get to the good chance to get to the playoffs. So,
1: Yeah. Heineken season.
2: Yeah so you know as we're as we're thinking about and we're going to run through quarterbacks and wide receivers i think kind of one after the other is that right tj which yeah. makes a lot of sense because they're generally going to be highly correlated as you saw uh well last week the team that won the the main event did not have them both but again like you can't expect a cowboys 48 point explosion every week um right.
1: and they knew and they knew what they were getting when they placed that like Andy Reid off by maybe wouldn't have gone with that lineup and would have gone with some other form of a stack or just some other combo if he didn't know there was guaranteed points. Who knows? Um
2: yeah. Yeah. So but we'll start with with quarterback. So uh kind of the top three, and these aren't ranked in any particular order, but just the top three plays for the week. Right now, kind of starting with one that you're gonna see here pretty much every week, Kansas City. Um you know, you're going to see it every week because Mahomes is, you know, arguably, if not definitively the best player in the game right now. Uh, but in addition to that, it's a high total game. I think as of my my note taking, it was the, the third highest total on the slate. Baltimore is on a short week and is just super banged up in the secondary. And Mahomes has weapons across the board at wide receiver and at tight end. And you saw, I think, the pass rate above expectations for Kansas city, which means how much more often than league average do they pass in given game situation was like 10% more. So they're super pass heavy. They're going to throw the ball a ton. Um, the second one I would be targeting is, is Seattle again, sixth highest total on the board. There's a lot of the, I think the, the first and second highest total teams are also projected to win by like 10 to, to 14 points. This is only the sixth highest total, but it's supposed to be a close game, and Tennessee just got absolutely torched, as we saw by people winning a bunch of money with Kyler Murray. Russ is basically the same player, a little bit less good with his legs, a little bit better with his arm as Kyler. I think that's a no-brainer play. And then third, Arizona. Again, high total, competitive game, uh, and Minnesota struggled last week to contain the Bengals wide receivers, and that was Joe Burrow's first game off injury. I think that um, you know, Arizona is going to be in, again, a really like high popularity play. And then for a sleeper. And again, just to kind of talk about what we're going for here, we're going for a team that a lot of people wouldn't think I'm not just going to list the fourth best team here and say, that's a sleeper. This is a team. A lot of people probably wouldn't be thinking of, but as I look at San Francisco this week, they're missing, their starting running back. Now they had great success last week without him, but, Philadelphia has traditionally been a run funnel, a pass funnel team, meaning they're good against the run and bad against the path, the pass. And people are unlikely to be on San Francisco this week because they got two QBs. There's a little bit of ambiguity in the situation. They just had such a good running week. But I think this is projected to be a competitive game with the Eagles. And I think that given that you get both Garoppolo and Trey Lance's points, there's a lot of upside here for San Francisco quarterbacks this week.
1: Props to you for going with a true sleeper. Uh, I would not have gone to San Francisco or even considered them, but um, I like the call, so well done there. Um, gosh, I'm too excited when San Francisco eventually does hand the uh, reins to Trey Lance. That's going to be fantastic. Seattle, I think, is really interesting. Uh, I believe Russ only had 23 pass attempts last week, and on that had about 250 yards and four touchdowns. His efficiency is insane, and he just continues it year in, year out. In this game, I'm a little concerned that there's going to be games where they just don't need him to throw. Um, And like 23 pass attempts is just not a lot, but um, his upside is, you know, could be QB one in the week. So I like the picks. Um, And then last thing is Mahomes, I think on DFS, I probably have him as like my QB, like four or something. But in this system, because it's six points for the passing touchdown, like he definitely rises to arguably number one, definitely top three.
0: Yeah. Love it. Cool. Love it.
2: So we'll jump over to, to wide receiver. And Justin said he, he wanted to debate one of these with me, but he hasn't told me which one. So I'm super excited about it. <laughs> um, although I, I can guess which one I think he would want to debate. So, top three, again, in no particular order, but I've got Kansas City for all the reasons that we just said for Mahomes. Now, I'm guessing this is the one Justin wants to debate a little bit because they obviously have a target hog at tight end in Travis Kelsey. And the, the Kansas City wide receiver card did not do particularly well last week because Kelsey did so well. But I think that that was abnormal given, you know, how much volume went to Tyreek and Travis Kelsey and no one else. So um, I'm excited to, to – I hope that's the one Justin wants to debate. I'm excited to debate it. Should we uh, the pause? second pause? Oh, sure, we, yeah, jump in. Okay.
1: Yes, you're right. It was an outlier week for Kelsey without a doubt. But on the other hand, it was also an outlier week for running backs whereas running backs did absolutely nothing. Um, in a game where they are how much are they favorite spot? You're the ones who has this. Um, Four right now. Okay, that's not too bad. So we're we're expecting a bit of a game. Uh, but do you know how many uh, targets his wide receivers not named Tyree Kill got last week?
2: Uh, like seven, I think. Yeah, that's, that's
1: the exact number. No, seven. Right. Yeah. And it's Pringle, it's Robinson, and maybe oh Hardman, I think might have had yeah, three. Like it is the Tyreek show Tyreek put up, I think 190 yards and 11 receptions or something like that. I can check. Uh, I think it was 197 and one 197, touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Insane. He's not going to be able to continue to produce like that year in year. I mean, game in game out. They just don't have enough weapons in the wide receiver core. I think to be in the cards for consistently in that kind of top three cards. Um, I think Kelsey, and I think we're going to eventually see more from the running game In a game they're actually ahead where versus what they were behind for almost the entire Cleveland game. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's hard to argue against, you know, Kansas City, but I I don't think the wide receiver card is as valuable as the QB, and of course not the tight end.
2: Yeah. Agree on agree on Kelsey. I think that you know that that there's also a strong argument. I'm sure you're gonna talk about the Kansas City tight end card here in a little bit. Baltimore got torched by Darren Waller last week. And while that's a really good reason to like Kelsey, it's also a reason to think they might over-index on trying to defend the tight end a little bit better because they know what a, what a threat Kelsey is. So we'll jump into the last few quickly. Uh, Seattle, again, for all the reasons we just talked about, Russell Wilson, this one is competitive, is expected to be a little bit higher, uh, a little bit a less close game. It's a five-point spread right now. But they just got two studs. They were good last week. And that was with gerald Everett getting a tight end or getting a touchdown at the tight end position so i think there's a lot of upside to seattle this week and then uh the the los angeles uh lightning bolts uh, as you see here um you know this is going to be a a competitive game it's a it's a the fifth highest total um and they're only uh favored by a little bit uh three and a half right now so projected to be a competitive game Dallas just got smashed by the um, by the Tampa Bay wide receivers. I think that you know there's a, a reasonable like there, there's an expectation that will be the same. And Los Angeles's pass rate right above expectation last week again ten percent above. Like they're throwing the ball in situations where lots of teams would run. That gives a lot of upside to their wide receivers, especially without a threat at tight end. And then again, sleeper kind of going off the board here, but I like, I like the Miami to, to do better than people expect. Uh, it's a lower team total, but it projects to be a competitive game and Buffalo basically just eliminated Pittsburgh's running game last week. Miami has less good running backs. And then, you know, we get Will, Will Fuller back this week after his uh, the last game of his uh, PED suspension. So I think Miami could be, could do better than people expect here. And I'm uh and I'm excited about them as a, as a sleeper pick.
1: Yeah, I see you, Sergeant Stogie. I'm in agreement. I would have put Buffalo probably in there. I think I would uh, take I Kansas was
0: going to ask. Yeah, no, noticeable, no Buffalo in quarterbacks or wide receivers. So curious. Yeah, what, what I mean, they, just,
2: they looked so bad last week. And some of that was like a bit, you know, some of that was the Pittsburgh D played really well, especially getting pressure. But they, they did not play well last week. Miami's defense is good against the pass. Like, I definitely think that, you know, they're probably not number 10 on the list, but I don't think they're top three and I don't think you can qualify them as a sleeper.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I think Pittsburgh's defense, they, I think their scheme is sneaky good. Um, I think it was either Silver or Levitin made a point on one of the recent pods around how, like, what, week 17 last year, Steelers played all scrubs, and they almost won the game just because of their defense scheme, and they give teams, like, legit trouble. Um, they were they out-coached to Buffalo last week. Um, I'm throwing that game away, and I'm still thinking Buffalo is going to be one of the top plays on a weekly basis from passing attack.
0: All right. Onto the running backs.
1: Let's go to running backs. Okay. So, starting off once again, when I'm looking at running backs, I'm looking at a couple of things. I'm looking at teams that are heavy favorites. I'm looking at teams ideally at home, but that plays into the favorites aspect, so a little less important. I'm looking for teams that score their points predominantly on the ground. They have more of the run pass splits rather than the pass run that we see from a team like Buffalo or such. Uh, Cleveland just absolutely checks every box. Uh, projected to score a little more than 30 points, 12 and a half point favorite. Uh, I mean, when you're playing Houston, I don't care what Houston did last week. Like, Hey, props to Terod. That was like fantastic, but Houston's not going, not a team we should be scared of Browns. are just going to be able to run all over them again. We won't have Beckham. I think they're going to continue to use that run game. And they're a team that wants to run the ball. One of the best offensive lines in the league. You combine Nick Chubb and Kareem hunt. And that's just an attack that for this game is a perfect combo. So, uh, that, that card I think is fantastic. Uh, then we'll go with, uh, get a little risky here about Green Bay. They looked abysmal last week. Um, like could not get anything going all the Aaron Rodgers jokes about whether or not it's the new girlfriend or whether or not it's, he's actually trying to poison the team or whether or not he's too busy playing trivia. I don't know, but, uh, this is a game where, uh, let's see, again, they are 11 point favorites, 30 point total. Uh, I think they're going to "Quote unquote, establish the run here, get back to the basics, and uh, when you can combine that, Aaron Jones, maybe some AJ Dillon, maybe even some, oh, what is it, Kylan? Uh, and th- yeah, this is a team that I think, hey, they're going to try to get get back on the right track, and they'll do it through the run game in this situation. Um, yeah, against Detroit too. And we saw uh, Detroit is going to be a team that you're year, um, year in and year out over the past couple of years, you've been able to just run on them, and I don't think it's going to be any different this year." And then we're going to go to the Seahawks, which is interesting because now we have Seattle in all three of these cards. So we have QB, wide receiver, and running back. And I would not want to play them, in, you know, if I had a lineup with all of them. Uh, so the question is, what's going to give? And uh, I guess this is why I gave a little pushback when I was talking about because I think this is a game where, you know, I think in general um, Seattle, after only throwing it 23 times last week against Indy. Um, I I think they're going to leverage that run game. And uh, we've seen it with Chris Carson. Um, It's really just one of those ones where you like the team, you like the game environment. And uh, I expect them to put up some decent points on the ground. Um, There wasn't, I I would say the first, that Cleveland one is just a class above it on its own. And then the other ones were definitely kind of pretty tricky. Also, it is, I don't know if if people are getting upset, but it is definitely Tarad. But okay. (laughs) um that one, right? it wouldn't
2: be a week without Justin's pronunciation being wrong on someone
1: it is 100 percent rod um and then from a sleeper uh so this is a kind of an interesting one to call a sleeper because they are projected to score the most points in the slate they are 12 and a half point favorites but also if we take a look at what happened last week um uh, they didn't do anything on the ground you know ronald jones fumbled Leonard Fournette, I guess he eventually started getting more targets, but like didn't look great either. And I think he also had a fumble. And then Giovanni Bernard only basically played on the two-minute drive. Uh, So for a team where we look at him, we're like, well, there's no run game. They don't want to run the game. They're so much more efficient in the air. I get it. That's why it's my sleeper because at the end of the day, when you're a 12-and-a-half-point favorite, I think this could be one where we actually see Ronald Jones maybe. And they say Ronald Jones is going to be a starter again. I don't know. But I think you're going to see 30-plus, 35-plus touches uh, on the ground from this team uh, this week.
0: Good takes. Any, any rebuttals, Bach? What do you think about Justin's running back selection? Yeah,
2: I mean, I think that, um, you know, the, the Green Bay one, so Cleveland's the no-brainer, right? Uh, the Green Bay one, they're going to go one of two ways. They're either going to put Rodgers in bubble wrap and they're going to hand the ball off a bunch of times and assume they can win that way, or you're going to get angry Aaron Rodgers and he's going to have like an MVP game. I think that it's probably more likely the former. And if it's the former, then that's a great, a great card. Um, I, you know, I disagree with the Seattle one as a top three play They're They're five point favorites, a big total. Absolutely could could get a couple touchdowns out of the running back position. I just think that the way that they talked all off season about let Russ cook, the way that they talked, the way that they did that in week one, pass right over expectation um, the way that, that, Tennessee just got absolutely obliterated by Arizona through the air. Um, I think that, you know, I, I think that's the one if I were going to push back that I would disagree with. Um, But, you know, there's not to Justin's point, a lot of like hammer other running back takes this week. So, you know, you're kind of grasping at straws. I think the one that I might be a little bit interested in that's not on there is Denver Uh, reasonably high total, big favorite, and Teddy's a game manager, but, you know, it's also tough to imagine putting Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams as a top three. So,
1: yeah, four point difference in projected points, which is substantial, but um, they definitely want to run a lot more, no question there.
0: On to tight end. All right, let's do some tight ends.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not even going to bother with Kansas City. Like, they're, as long as he's healthy, they're going to be there. It's just an absolute smash play. Uh, next, we have Tampa Bay. Um, so here, obviously, Gronk had a huge game. I don't expect we're going to see this from Gronk the entire year. Like, Tampa's looking for the playoffs. They're looking for another Super Bowl. Just like we saw, like, last year, it took him a little, you know, started off a little slower. And they want to just, you know, make sure he's protected. So I thought it was really interesting how they came out using him so much early on. Um, the thing is, it doesn't matter. We know that tight ends are a part of their scheme. We know that they put up a ton of points, 32 projected here. So whether it is Gronk or whether you end up going with something with Cameron Brader or OJ Howard, who had one route, which is absolutely astonishing. We need to get more OJ Howard out there. Um, but uh, they're, they're going to put up points. And so I think this is just a, you're making a bet on the offense and a team that utilizes their tight end position. Um, so str- strong opportunity there. Uh, then San Francisco, um, you know, It's always the risk of how much are they actually going to pass. And uh, I was watching Red Zone last Sunday, and I think I remember two or three big plays with George Kittle where it's 30-plus, you know, 20, 30-plus yard plays downfield, just nobody can tackle him. But then you look at the box score, and you're like, oh, I literally saw, like, basically all of his catches. Um, And so there's definitely risk here that if they get ahead, that they just run it, but without Raheem, um, maybe they're, you know, maybe they throw a little more. I don't know. I think this is going to be a frustrating, um, a frustrating team throughout the season, just because it's going to, everything's going to be spread so much. Um, here you're just hoping that it's kind of, it's going to be frustrating. I think for the tight end position, because everything's going to spread out either through their many wide receivers or through their many running backs. Uh, it's just a Shanahan kind of offense. It's all you know, it's, it's always going to be like that, but for those big weeks, there will be weeks that you need the San Francisco tight end card to basically win. So. And I'll round it out with uh, our sleeper here, uh, and so we don't really think much about Austin Hooper, David Njoku, Harrison Bryant. Um, but the combination is that hey, you still don't have Odell Beckham. Um, they want to you know they have a great team total here. they I guess what we were saying yeah thirty point five is their team total playing against Houston, um, and they use their tight ends. And Joku had a great game last week, and he still is a you know beast of a talent. Uh, Austin Hooper still is always going to get his. Uh, you know, his catches and play a role in the end zone. So I think this is one where normally we're not thinking of Cleveland in the tight end department, but when they're expected to score so many points, um, it it is a team I do want to keep an eye on.
2: Yeah. Conspicuously absent is Darren Waller and his 19 targets. Obviously they've got a really tough matchup this week. And as, as you see in the chat, right, Waller would be an absolute stud if it was 0.5 or full PPR, but that's not how we're scoring it. So uh, it definitely is tough to leave him off that list, but I think, um, you know, uh, given the the game environment that they're going to be in, they'll be passing a bunch, but clearly Pittsburgh's going to be keying on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh's always been pretty locked down on tight ends just because of the kind of the way that they use their linebackers. And yeah, obviously we're not expecting Waller to get as many, what he had, 10 in the first half, finished with that 17 or so. Um, sure, even if he gets 10, 12, you know targets each week that's still phenomenal usage for a tight end but the problem is when the team's not putting up points that's 10 or 12 targets eight eight or so catches for maybe 70 yards like those seven points are you know just not going to cut it uh if you're not putting up with touchdowns as well
2: yeah
0: then i saw saw a question about saints about new orleans tight end so what what are your guys thoughts on the Jawan Johnson situation. I know that was a topic in the the industry.
2: Yeah, I mean, it wow. was super interesting. Every Everyone everyone had him as a wide receiver last week. Um, and, you know, uh, obviously, except for the Saints' uh, official depth chart, which is bizarre, but DraftKings and FanDuel and our staff provider all had him as a, a wide receiver last week. I know in looking at DraftKings and at FanDuel, they've moved him over to tight end. We're anticipating that our staff provider will do the same next week. I definitely think that puts them in play, given the the usage that he had last week. It certainly makes them a lot more attractive. That being said, I'm looking at his line right now. He had three targets and three catches for 21 yards. He's going to be a focus in the red zone, but he's also not going to catch two TVs every week. So I do think that there's um, I do think that there's definitely a component for Jawan Johnson of like. Yeah, his inclusion as a tight end if that's what what happens with our staff provider this week, we'll put them more into play, but you know, he needs more usage to be consistently a top play. Yeah.
0: Agreed. Good deal. Yeah, I like uh like all the plays here. Any final comments as we wrap up this section on any of the positions, any anything noticeably that we think we want to touch on that we didn't? Looks like the Seattle. It looks like the Seattle team is a pretty, uh, pretty popular choice across the board, huh?
2: Yeah, it helps with that team total.
1: Yeah, that the game environment just makes it feel like it's going to be a shootout. Um, I mean, you just got two offenses. We know Tennessee can kind of put up some points as well, and just Tennessee's defense just isn't anything that's slowing anything down.
0: All righty. I think that will we'll do it for this section here. All right, so now it is time for us to build our optimal lineup. Now, we did not have graphics last week, but do we want to touch briefly on the lineup that we put together and how it scored? Uh, I'm trying to remember what we had. I know we had, what, Kansas City quarterback, Buffalo wide receivers, Tennessee tight Tennessee end, yeah, Kansas City tight end, and then Los Angeles defense. And we scored less than 100 points. So, and Yeah, and we good. have all the cards,
2: and we can't even catch.
0: All the jokers. So this is what we'll be doing every week. As if we had five jokers, what would the optimal lineup that we could build be based on the, the picks that we've seen? And we're going to run through that super quickly here. So at quarterback, not surprisingly it's going to be Kansas City quarterback. It's probably going to be Kansas City quarterback a lot of different weeks, depending on how the matchups go. I think it's just you know clear that it's the exact same team that we saw last year, that we've seen the last couple of years. High-powered offense, fantastic wide receiver in Tyreek Hill, obviously best tight end in the game in Travis Kelsey. So Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City quarterback, going to be a staple in the optimal lineup, and we're rolling with that again this week wide receiver so a little little bit of uh of a debate here among the kansas city wide receivers but what we're going to go with is seattle wide receiver so we saw them all over the board in terms of the top picks this week super high team total fast-paced game environment you got dk metcalf you got tyler lockett gonna have russell wilson slinging it a bunch there so uh i think wide receiver seattle's the the best one although you know i think wide receiver is always going to be the toughest one right there's probably always at least Four or five every single week that you could argue for the top one. What if you guys could pick one? W- would you have gone with Seattle as well, or are there others you prefer more?
2: Seattle for me.
1: Um. Yeah, it, it was a tough week. I, I really, really not positive. Um, maybe even Buffalo. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I I like Seattle though. <laughs> Running back, I think we're all in agreement that it's it's Cleveland and I, I'm not even sure it's it's close this week. And you know, C- cleveland's one of the I think we talked about this preseason, but I think we're gonna see them to be one of the, the cards that benefits the most from the, the scoring format just with the dual threat that they have. You get both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So Cleveland running back in that matchup this week. Loving them. Tight end, I mean. We don't even really need to talk much about tight end. We're just going to be jamming in that Kansas city tight end card. Pretty much. If you have a joker tight end card, it's a Kansas city card. And uh, I I don't think that there's a ton of analysis that needs to go in there. And then the final one from a defense special teams perspective, going with Denver. So Denver, what they have Jacksonville this week, big favorites, I think six point favorites, one of the, the kind of lower scoring games. And just expect, you know, really strong defense going up against a rookie quarterback. Would not be surprised to see a number of sacks, maybe some strip sack fumbles, maybe some interceptions. What are you thinking on the defensive front this week, Bach?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Denver is a great play, exactly why you said for exactly for, for those same reasons. I also think New England's a great play. Like Bill Belichick against a rookie quarterback is just, you know, It's just every every coach is either dream or nightmare, depending upon which side of the field they're coaching on. So I think, um, you know, I think you could go go with New England. I think you can go with Denver. Um, Either one of those is is a game environment that you're going to want to be targeting.
1: Yeah. And I'll throw in, I mean, one unique aspect with our scoring is that there are strong bonuses for if you can get a shutout. And, uh, you know, it's hard to really predict a shutout. But like, TJ, you know, from a DFS perspective, we're almost more like we're okay with shootouts because you get more opportunities to get sacks and turnovers and such but with this scoring if you end up getting the defense that gets a shutout that's 15 points like that's huge when we're talking about hey your goal is to finish at the top of these kind of you know gpp style tournaments um so any team like denver picking that jacksonville knowing that jacksonville just might be the worst team this year i mean they could they could be worse than uh, actually, Houston, um, and so we'll, we'll see. But yeah. Jets, I don't know. What, what are the bottom three? Bottom three is probably Jacksonville, Jets, and Houston.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's Houston and New York for sure, and probably Jacksonville. They just they have enough. They Detroit? have enough talent on. Jacksonville has enough talent on offense that if Trevor Lawrence is is good, they can be dangerous. I think a team like Detroit is probably a bit of a like. a a bit softer there because golf is such a known commodity at this point.
0: Yeah. So there it is. The optimal lineup that we'll be scoring up this week. Maybe we can actually cash, especially with, you know, double the prizes. We could win double the fake cash this week. Kansas city quarterback, Seattle wide receiver, Cleveland running back, Kansas city tight end and the Denver defense going to be our lineup for the week. And we'll see how that does come Sunday. All right, gentlemen. Any final thoughts to wrap up week two of the Owners Club? I
1: think we still have a little game we got to play. We got to put in our parlay. Oh, we for sure do. Oh, we for sure okay. do.
0: I just wanted to to see if yeah, we we'll want to okay. wrap
1: this up first. I got nothing else. I think this is good. Uh, well done, Bach. Uh, I only disagreed with you on one really big thing. That's good. <laughs> and you're good obviously deal. right. So <laughs> ah, just
2: nah. feedback for me for my boss.
1: No, no, no. Um. Kansas. I mean, so somebody in Discord actually today put through, like up some spreadsheets that went through like basic projections and such. And I think they had Kansas City at like sixteenth or something. Um, I think that's extreme, uh, but it, yeah. it is it is just going to be an interesting one to watch. Um,
2: they might be fighting uphill a little bit more, a little bit too often, given given what Kelsey takes. But on their spike weeks, they're going to spike ridiculously.
1: Yeah, I agree. If Hardman or someone, if they can get a number two that I think starts shining. Um, and just for that team to be successful, Hardman needs to really step up into that number two spot. Or you know Pringle and Robinson aren't going to do it. So, like, it just turns into the one, two I get. I don't know. If Kelsey gets hurt, that's going to be a very interesting play. Yeah.
0: All righty. Let's move into the, our final segment of the night here. We've got our friends over at PrizePix. So you guys, if you have not already, definitely go ahead. Check them out at PrizePicks.com. You can make a deposit with promo code OTM. You'll get a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And really, Picks just the simplest form of daily fantasy sports. It's you against the projection. You can go in there, select over-unders for various things, pass yards, wrestling yards, touchdowns, fantasy points, tons of different options there. Stack all of them up, pick anywhere between two and five players in essentially a parlay and then see how things go. So what we do every night on this show is look at the Thursday night game and put together a couple picks. And oof, we got an ugly game to look at here for Thursday night. A little bit different than last week. Last week, we were pretty much playing a game script where it was going to be a shootout. It was going to be high scoring. How do you guys see this one going tomorrow night? What is the let's take a look here. Ooh, 43 over under looks Thanks. like Washington is three point. Oh no, it's down to 41 over under now. Washington Lovely. has three point favorites. Yeah. yeah. Not, not a lot here, but obviously I'm sure we're going to see in the, in the over unders that they're going to be light numbers.
1: Yeah. And I don't know is let's see, can you go to wide receivers real quick or receiving yards? Is this person on the screen going to be playing this weekend TJ? I don't know if you can see the screen, but it says Josh Gordon. Your fi-
0: oh my goodness. Uh, you know, uh, Coop didn't even but, plant this. <laughs> for the last, how many years has it been? My goodness. It's always, oh, Josh Gordon's going to be back, and he's going to be the greatest, and Josh Gordon this, and up, scrap your rankings because Josh Gordon's back, and Josh Gordon is the best wide receiver in the league. And then he never plays more than like three games. And, and we're going to talk about him, and we're going to talk about him, and now he's back. What What did that tweet that we saw say? Take number six? Sixth, I don't know if that was an exaggeration, but it was a funny tweet by what Barstool, I guess, either way. He's but like, come on. He's fighting Josh his Gordon, demons. We're still I, doing the Josh Gordon thing. He's
1: fighting his demons. I applaud him for continuing to give it an effort. Obviously, it is very difficult for what he's going through. Um, I understand your point, though. Like, he literally hasn't done much on the field since his rookie season. And uh, that's where it definitely gets a little crazy. Like, even when we saw, I think it was maybe about six games or so out of him, whether it was two years ago, I think it was for Seattle. Um, he was still like a number three, number four wide receiver. I hope that he's able to, you know, hey, make it and be successful and kind of stay in the league, but uh, he's not going to be that relevant. But uh, we know we know that it kind of uh, – I, th- I think what bugs TJ the most is that when people kind of pick him up off waivers in a
0: fantasy league and then go,
1: Hey TJ, you want Josh Gordon? You want him? Yeah, you want him? I got like, him. Oh. He's going to be really good.
0: It's just like, when will it end? I mean, it's literally been years and years and years and yeah, he's, he's definitely super talented when he gets out there. Or at least he was a couple of years ago when he'd get out there, but come on, Josh Gordon, don't give me the Josh Gordon thing. <laughs> All right. Um, so <laughs> for this game, um, Josh Gordon and cash or <laughs> 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 all right. Yeah. So what what are we whew, what are we even thinking here? Are we just gonna be hammering unders or or what do you think?
2: <laughs> what, do, no, what do we think happened in the You so know,
0: Give me
1: a give me give me a game script, uh, Bachman.
2: I think Washington is just gonna try to pound the run with Antonio Gibson. I think he's gonna have a million carries to go and to rushing yards. Yeah, or even – I don't know if they have carries. No, it doesn't look like they have carries. They have receptions. Yeah, I mean, like – but also New York knows that's what what he's going to do. I don't know if he's going to be successful, but I think that's the game script. I think Washington thinks we win this game by taking the ball out of Taylor Heineke's hand. We win the ball – we win this game by, like, milking the clock, running it, and our defense is going to get stops, and if we – you know, if we win a – 12 to 6 game, that's fine. So that, I think that's the game script I'm anticipating.
1: Okay, so by that game script, um, I think, A, that Daniel Jones passing yard total was very low. 231. 231.
0: Yeah, that's, ooh, that's very low.
1: Do we go with an over Daniel Jones there and then an over Antonio Gibson rushing?
0: I like that. I'm all about the overs.
1: That's, TJ just wants to root that's the roof for smart things. play. Yeah. Uh, I just want and,
0: good things to happen,
1: you know. Uh, and then we got to throw in a wide, uh, receiving yard thing for New York Giants as an over. Yeah, um,
0: do, we, uh, do we have to? I mean, I I, I love well, Terry. if we're go- if we're going doesn't Jones really over. Fit with the, it doesn't really fit.
1: No. Um
0: for the record, I just love Terry. Yeah. Terry is like tangent, but Terry is like the guy where Whenever you're building a DFS tournament lineup and you've got, like, one random spot left open that isn't correlated to your lineup, you're like, let me just throw Terry in there because you never really want to correlate Terry in any Washington football team game, but, like, you just want to play him. Anyways, I, uh, he's, Bachman. like, always my go-to one-off GPP tournament ad.
1: It's okay. Bachman's a fan of him, too. You know what school he went to?
2: Oh, I know what school he went to. Um, of course <laughs> you do. The- I'm sure TJ has some nightmares the- about those games. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I yeah, I still, you know, still got to face him in the NFC East here as an Eagles fan. But uh, oh, scary Terry, he's just that guy that can just go off on any given play, and I love him. Anyways, not relevant right. for the pro- prop we're building.
1: Can you scroll down? I'm trying to see what other options do we have for the Giants? Um, got me so you know, like a Kadarius Tony who had two targets on five snaps. No, no that's it. That's no, it. He'd no. be at the top. Um, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm I think we out. might just have these three. That's fine. I think Darius Slayton had some strong usage last week. I'm going to go check some, do some box score hunting real quick. Um,
2: Slayton had seven targets. He went three for 65.
1: And then it. The three of them still have the predominant usage. Uh, Evan Ingram is not going to play again. Um, so I would just go with we don't know. And if we're taking Daniel Jones over, we go with Darius Slayton with the lowest amount there and uh, take that over. And just hope for the best.
2: Yeah, we're also only going to be betting overs on this show. <laughs> apparently.
1: <laughs> we got to think just of a game. Pick, I mean,
2: pick a game script that. Is conducive to overs and go overs pretty much. <laughs> no,
1: and like yes. logic wise, there should be a three unders or like an under basis that we should do as well. But uh, Saquon Barkley rushing yards, what is his? Just for I'm sure it's like forty. As, oh, that feels. It's going to be higher I'm sure than that.
2: Sure, it's not actually forty. TJ it's probably
1: like, no. You got to go to rushing. It's got to be like sixty five. My guess sixty five feels high. You're killing us, TJ. Go to
0: rushing yards. Everyone hammered in there. Sorry, I was talking to Coop.
1: <laughs> what are we looking again? for? Uh, yeah, I couldn't find him.
0: I, I tried to control off he's, him.
1: He's, que- he's questionable um, for he's the questionable? game, but most likely going to play, but makes sense. Um, so if Gibson's 68.5, I could see Saquon being something like around 60. But, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm good with those three. There chat, it is. Chat, what do you guys think? Uh, I've been on full screen, so I haven't been seeing. But... um.
0: Daniel Jones passing yards, How we Antonio Gibson rushing yards, Darius Slayton receiving yards, all overs here at the owner's club. Come check. them in there and, you know, just watch it. A, a high-scoring game between the Giants and the football team tomorrow night.
1: Yeah. like I like people in chat are like, are you going to give away a joker? Like we literally don't have a joker. Like we don't have access to any of these cards. If we release a card, it's completely random. We can't just give away a joker. Also, if we had a joker, um, I don't even know how could we get a joke? We'd have to probably buy it off the secondary market and then do some kind of giveaway. Um, like that's the only way he did joker.
0: Yeah, we don't just like have jokers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't even have any cards. I think TJ might have like two from testing I have, I, have, I, I have
0: cards. I have cards. I should send you some just so that you could see what it's like. I, like I, I entered I then. entered the contest this weekend just with like one card in each, so that I knew that Let's I wouldn't possibly like. cash, but then I was at least in the tournament so I could
1: test it and stuff could and be in and the streets. Make sure yeah. things are working. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah, come tell us with those. Uh, with that, I'll be. I'll probably be in the Discord tomorrow night. I'm trying to think what I'm going to be doing. Um, cheering on our in the Prize Picks
0: Lounge. So, good deal, and we will have another survey, or not survey is not the right word for it.
1: Yeah, I can talk about it. The word for it, go for yeah. it. It's a contest, um, and talk so because yeah, we're not, we're going to be announcing our giveaway. So our giveaways for this week. Um, Not all of them. Maybe not all of them. we still got to figure out if we're going to do some last-minute ones. But the big ones, for tomorrow night's game, we are going to be doing another kind of contest. So last week was a full, like, prop-style contest. This one's a little different. It's a little more like a fantasy points, uh, fantasy-style prop contest. Um, But uh, we will be releasing it. And there's going to be about 10 or so questions where you have to choose Uh, which wide receiver, which tight end, which running back are going to score the most points. And so it is actually individuals. I know we've trained you all that we don't use people's names and we don't have individual players, but for this contest, we are using individual players, give you a little kind of a fantasy uh, old school football uh, flavor to it. Uh, And the prizes, so the top five, so Last week, uh, what did we do? We sent uh, we, we sent a dad and his son to a Detroit Lions game. We sent a jersey, a Tua, not going to try to pronounce his last name, Tagovola, um jersey to uh, <laughs> jersey uh, to a fan uh, down in South Florida. Um, and then we had the swag bags. We had the DFS. His DFS lineup had Sam Darnold in it, so it was not successful. But that's okay. Um, this week, we want to. Make your game watching, your uh, weekend football watching experience as enjoyable as possible. So what we're doing is we're going to be paying your bar tab or maybe your restaurant tab, or maybe you don't want to go out and you want to order in. So your to-go order, your delivery. Uh, but the top five finishers in tomorrow night's contest, uh, we will cover whatever that bar tab, restaurant tab, delivery tab is up to $100 and uh, make, your, make your weekend a little more enjoyable.
0: There we go. So check that out on the Discord. That'll be coming out before tomorrow night's game. Tomorrow we will also have the week two contests going live in the lobby, so you'll be able to start entering those, and uh, we'll continue to keep you guys posted on Marketplace updates and and any of that. In the meantime, you can check out the Buy, Sell Trade channels in Discord. I think we've gotten like 99% positive feedback there. I think there was one person that was a bit of a bad actor, but we were able to Resolve that situation and uh, just, just, just make sure you have yeah, be careful, trade at your own risk and make sure that you're making a deal with someone that that has a reputation. But there's a lot of people in there that are are getting to know each other through these trades and definitely check it out. And there, there are people in there that will help you out, and make sure that you're you're in a good spot and not doing anything too risky.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Joe Candy and some of the others that are in there that have been uh, not only making a ton of trades, but also keeping like a spreadsheet of who has made successful trades. It's kind of like a um, almost like a Yelp system, um, like a social capital reputation system where people can see that you've done successful trades in the past. Uh, The most risky ones are if you are trading with someone who does not have the blue, because that means they do not own any cards. They are new to the ecosystem. They may be on a fake account. Um, if they're not blue and they're making you send them, mo- send them money or packs or cards first, these are all red flags. Be smart. Um, it is not something that we are going to get in the middle of going forward. It is just too difficult and there's legal and security implications that we just can't get involved with. So, um, but there's a lot of great people out there. Just, just be smart.
0: Great. Well, thanks everyone for joining us tonight. Up,
2: oh, we, we got, we got Jake. Heading out to a steak place. Awesome offer. Ooh. Well, Jake, all you got to do is be top five. How many entries do we have last week, Justin? Well,
1: also, well, two things there. One, just make sure it's somewhere like Outback or like because <laughs> it's only $100. <laughs> so don't go too crazy, Jake. But if it's more, then we'll give you at least $100 for it. Um, <laughs> there were a ton of entries last week, but also last week we opened it up to everyone because it was Thursday. People were still getting their cards. Uh, this time it is only going to be available to people who have the blue. Um, so you need the blue you need to own cards. You need to actually be a part of the club. We're obviously want to reward those people. So that is what you, um in order to, in order to win one of the five prizes, top five, you gotta be blue.
0: Go blue. Go blue. Dude,
2: no, <laughs> go Ohio state, but, but everyone should validate and will call, get that owner's call.
0: <laughs> validate and will call. And we'll see you guys in the discord. So thanks everyone for joining us. We'll go ahead and call it for tonight. So on behalf of Justin, On behalf of Bach and on behalf of producer Coop behind the scenes, I'm TJ Lasig. We'll see you guys next time.